0: This episode of CBO Speaks is brought to you by Kaufman Hall. Learn about their strategic and financial consulting services and Axiom software for budgeting and planning by visiting kaufmanhallcom forward slash higher education. Welcome to CBO Speaks, the official podcast of the National Association of College and University Business Officers. I'm President and CEO Susan Wheeler Johnston, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. Our mission for this podcast is to ask chief business officers to reflect on their careers, share personal examples of the ways they have navigated challenging situations, and offer some lessons that they've learned from their experience as a CBO. You can find resources for today's episode, as well as a wide variety of research and tools at nakubo.org. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to CBO Speaks. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Megan Strand, your host, and I am very excited to be joined today by Al Little, who is VP of Business Services at Florida State College at Jacksonville. Welcome, Al.
1: Thank you very much.
0: To get us started today, I was hoping that you could talk about how you came to higher ed as a profession.
1: Oh, sure. Um, It started back uh, when I was uh, first out of college, I was uh, assigned to a, a. I worked for state audit in the state of Tennessee, and they assigned me to a team that audited colleges and universities. I didn't know anything about colleges, but uh, you know, coming from that, I I said, "Wow, that's this is a pretty cool environment and something I took a real interest in." So I I audited for about four years, but uh, during that, I was watching for opportunities. Uh, to uh, move into the college environment. And so that was, that was basically where it started from, was the the exposure from auditing.
0: So when you first came to higher ed, Al, so did you do tax? And how many years did you do that?
1: I did not do tax. When I first came to higher ed, I my first job in higher ed was uh, with a, the higher education system in uh, Tennessee, the Tennessee Higher Education Commission. Uh, where I worked uh, with that staff for a couple of years and moved from then there to uh, a small private university uh, in uh, nearby Nashville uh, called Cumberland University. And that was my first uh, uh, chief business officer position uh, at Cumberland.
0: And what do you think it was about that position that really spoke to you that was different from your audit work?
1: Well, you know, when you're an auditor, uh, you are, in essence, the bad guy. And even though I had good relations with the uh, people on the other end that worked for the universities, uh, I was still the auditor. And. I really wanted to be on the side where I worked for the college and was doing the college work. So uh, it was a a really thrilling time for me when I was able to move actually into uh, the university environment and uh, actually work in that end and being involved in the decisions in running the college.
0: And then was there anything when you first got to higher ed that maybe you wish you knew about higher ed, but
1: you didn't? You know, I think I I didn't know much about higher ed other than my exposure through auditing. So uh, it was there was a bit of a trial by fire uh, in learning. You know, I knew a good bit about accounting. I knew a good bit about uh, how the accounts should be structured and what the financial statements meant. I understood all that. I had a a good general business background, I would say, but until you actually experience it, the actual things that go on in a college or university business office, uh, it's it's a lot more than you would ever imagine. Uh, the, the amount of time that I was spending on facilities, on HR issues, uh, you know, those things I had never had any kind of coursework at all on and had to just apply my general business sense uh, to make decisions. And fortunately, I generally did okay, but uh, it was definitely learning by experience as opposed to applying something that I had learned in the classroom.
0: And you're still here, so uh, you must enjoy it.
1: I love it, yes. uh, It's been a great career and... Uh, I've I've really enjoyed it. Never regretted one moment. Uh, moving into the higher ed environment.
0: Let's talk a little bit about your current role, Al. What would you say is most exciting about the job you hold today?
1: Well, the the job I hold today is is really very similar to the job I I held at Cumberland. It's just at a very different kind of institution. Uh, Florida State College at Jacksonville is. Uh, primarily a community college, but we also teach, uh, 13 bachelor degree programs. Uh, we're a very large college, uh, with, uh, about, uh, 20,000 FTE as compared to less than a thousand at my first institution. Uh, but the past that the decisions that you're making are similar, uh, in that you're working with the budget, you're helping to define the, The big picture ideas of where the school is moving and how the budget is going to be applied, uh, as well as the other areas that I work with, uh, uh, being HR and IT and facilities, the the decisions that you're faced with every day in those are similar, just on a much grander scale.
0: So at this point, it's all still exciting to you. Is there anything that stands out to you that you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this? If you had thought back, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, like, what are you doing today that you think back and, and think, wow, I never would have anticipated doing this in my professional life?
1: You know, it's an interesting question. Um, I think 10 or 15 years ago, I because I've, I've been in this type of role for 20 years, I, I've had an understanding of what what it involved. Uh, but it's not so much I'm doing something different. Perhaps it's more how I'm doing things. And that really is mostly tied to technology. And I think we, anybody that's been in, uh, the business world for, you know, 10 or 15, 20 years has seen the same thing I have. And that is, uh, the way technology has changed how we work. Uh, we still have a lot to do. Uh, but, uh, We communicate much different than we used to. We have access to information in different ways. We have programs that can help us analyze uh, better than they used to. And all those hopefully help us make better decisions.
0: You mentioned a moment ago about um, the state college model. Obviously, Florida is a state college. So what do you think um, other CBOs, other types of institutions can learn from the state college model and what you're doing there?
1: You know, I don't, not sure what others can learn from how we're structured. I think when you take on a role as a CBO, you need to learn more about how the school is structured and work within those confines because uh, frequently it's the, the statutes of, if it's a public university, it's the statutes of the state that are dictating the way you're structured. Uh, if you're a private university, that's, that's in essence a whole separate uh, scenario that uh, has its own rules and regulations uh, that govern that as well. So you you take on the uh, challenge of learning what's guiding you and what your what uh, requirements you have to fulfill and make sure that those things happen within the context of your job.
0: Al, when you are evaluating whether to Hire somebody. How? What's your philosophy for finding and cultivating great new team members?
1: Well, of course, first you look for the the um, required experience. You, I think it's important to to spend time before you go through the process of looking for someone to think about the position and make sure the job description is accurate. Make sure, uh, really evaluate whether the required. Um, Education and experience are correct for that position, and then uh you know publicize it to attract the the right types of candidates um, so I make the assumption having done that that the people that are that I'm looking at are uh, a a reasonable fit for what what I need, and then it's a matter of uh, you know comparing the what each one brings uh because everybody is is different in their background and experience, and what they can bring to the position compared to the others, and also looking for the uh, personality fit as well. Uh, that will they will they uh, blend in nicely, uh, and create a better team than what we had before. Uh, and as I'm thinking through my answer here, I also want to make a comment about uh, diversity because. I think it is critically important that we make every effort to to hire a diverse staff. I uh, I'm a big fan of having uh a wide variety of individuals on any team because I think it makes for a better team. If everybody uh looks and acts the same, then you're not going to get as good of a flow of information and an analysis of information as you do with a diverse team.
0: Al, as you look back over your 20-year career as a CBO, can you think of anyone that served as a professional mentor to you? Uh,
1: yeah, when I first came to Florida in 1989, I was hired in as a controller, uh, and I was in that role for nine and a half years. And during that time, I had the pleasure of, of serving with, uh, under a, a CBO by the name of Barry Keim. Who uh, was a just a a great person to work for? Um, you know, he. I always give him credit for letting me do my job. He didn't stand on top of me, but he was there as a mentor. He was there as someone uh, to teach me the next role that I would take on. And so over time, I I feel I learned in that experience uh, of what I should be. A, what I should expect to encounter as a CBO once I did get to that spot.
0: So other than just serving in the role of CBO, were there things that Barry did or shared with you or that you learned just by his example about what makes a good CBO?
1: Well, he was inclusive in uh, you know, bringing me into meetings, allowing me to experience the, the issues that were going on, the discussions that were going on. And he was very open with me in our conversations uh, about uh, you know, the issues that he had to deal with as a CBO. So
0: he was able to kind of bring you into the fold a little bit and share a peek behind the curtain of what it means to be a CBO.
1: Correct. And he was also very supportive in allowing me to attend meetings like Sukubo meetings. Um, he encouraged my uh, participation there, and I thought that was help- very helpful as well.
0: Now, is that something that you try to do for other people al? do you try to support um other potential up and coming c b o s as a mentor in a formal or informal way at all?
1: I really encourage uh professional development uh for all my direct reports uh not everyone i think would necessarily be a a great c b o candidate in the future uh but everyone is fulfilling a very important role, and there's always things to learn. Uh, through the professional development. So I think it's extremely important that they be attending conferences, that they take the the time to participate on webcasts and to uh, have discussions with their counterparts at other schools uh, to learn, you know, what other places are doing and to make sure we have the best solutions possible.
0: You said not everyone makes a great CBO. What do you think when you look at you know, somebody that maybe works on your team or that, you know, professionally, what do you think are the qualities that make a great CBO?
1: Well, I think you have to have a business sense, first of all. Uh, You there, I don't know if it's something you're born with. Perhaps it's something you just learn when you're in, in your studies and in college uh, that, you know, what makes sense when you're looking at numbers, when you're evaluating proposals. Uh, to make sure the the most important things are covered. Um, there's a there's a lot of logic to the decision making process, and uh, not every person has that business sense. They can learn how to do a particular role, a specialization role. Uh, but it does not mean even if they're successful in that that role that they would necessarily be a good CBO.
0: Al, when you look at the next generation of upcoming or potential CBOs, what do you see in that generation?
1: Well, I see a, a, a very uh, smart group of uh, young people that are coming to the pro- profession. Uh, they that are catch on very quickly, that you know, have show signs of all sorts of potential. And I think it's it's up to us to give them the opportunities to learn, to progress, and to be ready for the next step. Uh, and as long as they continue to uh, show themselves at each level, then that will would eventually take take them up to the level of being CBOs in the future.
0: Al, if you were going to retire tomorrow, what would you want your successor to know?
1: Well, ideally, I want them to know that I'm leaving them with a, an institution that's in good financial shape, an institution that has uh, good day-to-day operations, uh, qualified, quality individuals uh, running each of the areas that I'm responsible for. Uh, I would want them to know that uh, the, the college values the input of the CBO and that hopefully my inputs in the past have proven that the CBO's voice is valuable in decision-making and that they would be readily uh, accepted by the group in that role uh, in recognition of what perhaps what I've done in the past more so than if I had not done a good job and they would be more skeptical of what my successor may say or do.
0: Well, it sounds like that's something that's important to you—is ensuring that um, that the position is respected and the opinions are important and considered um, when making important decisions. So, what do you think is um, what has attributed to your ability to do that in terms of ensuring that your voice is heard at the table?
1: Uh, certainly, in my dealings with uh, the cabinet and our cabinet meetings, first of all, I'm always listening for. Uh, the ideas that they that other cabinet members are bringing forward and evaluating whether or not there may be, uh, either financial or contractual considerations, uh, to those ideas that they may not have thought about. So when an idea is discussed, I always try to bring forward or bring to light uh, any issues that I can think of if we move forward with that type of idea. Uh, so I, I do it in a positive way, not, not I try not to be the negative uh, the negative one saying, this is why it won't work, but rather let's make sure we are thinking about uh, how this would affect uh, this contract or, or similar going forward.
0: Al, what would you say is the biggest opportunity that faces all CBOs today?
1: The biggest opportunity would be the opportunity to participate in a positive manner in the governance of the institution uh, It really is the opportunity is the job itself uh, because we are at the highest level and we we have a background and knowledge that's necessary for the college to uh, consider those issues, consider those points in making very big decisions. So I think it's a tremendous opportunity uh, to have your voice heard and to represent many people who work in your area and to help the decisions being made at the table be made in the right way.
0: Al, as you look back over your, your career as a CBO, can you think of an example of something that you might have done a little bit differently if you had a chance to do it over again?
1: You know, it, that's a, it's an interesting question. And 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 really my answer is going to be one that's very very personal to me but it, i think there's a lesson to be learned uh and it's it's just it's one particular thing that happened one time and and when i go back and think about regrets I and mean, there's not really many regrets but there's one instance that that it was probably 15 years ago now uh, i was participating in a meeting and i did not know everybody very well at this meeting i really was not uh it's not the normal group of people you meet with uh but it was an important meeting and they're important and the discussion, some important topics and at one point in the meeting i inserted myself with in essence a joke and the the joke it was it, it, the joke was fine it was it wasn't like it was a, a bad joke or anything but it was not well-received. It was not well-received because they didn't know me very well. I didn't know them very well. And it really, it really stopped progress of the meeting. So what I take from that circumstance is that I need to always be mindful of, of who the audience is. Whenever you're, when you're about to go say something in jest, you need to make sure that the audience is the right audience to take that. Uh, certainly, I've, I've told many jokes, many things in jest over the years. But this one situation, I learned that uh, it's not just you can't just say anything anywhere. It has to be the right time for that type of uh, input.
0: Al, anything else you'd like to share that I've neglected to ask you today?
1: the role of CBO is, is extremely important. We all know that. Uh and it's an it's an honor to take on this role. Uh but this role is is it's about more than just making big decisions uh at the cabinet level, you know, taking the institution forward. That's certainly extremely important. Uh but equally as important is your everyday role. Uh you are in charge of areas that employ many individuals. And those individuals are people that their their role, their job is very important to them. And all these individuals have personal personal lives as well. And sometimes they have personal issues. And I think it is critically important that we always remember the individuals that are working for us That are doing so much for us, and make sure that we are paying attention to them, and we are providing them whatever kind of support they need, whether it's something from the business world, or if it's a kind word, or if it's a kind action to help them through a situation perhaps that they're they're having to deal with personally. Uh, So I think the the honor of working with those individuals and playing a role where you can be supportive of them. It's an honor to me to be able to do that. And I think it's a help to them to know that they have support at the higher levels.
0: A perfect way to end our conversation. Well, thank you so much, Al, for your time today and for sharing just a few of your insights with
1: us and our listeners. Well, thank you so much. I enjoyed it.
0: You can find out more about Al and today's episode by visiting the conferences and e-learning section. Then click podcasts of nakubo.org. Make sure you also subscribe to CBO Speaks and Apple Podcasts so that you'll get the latest episodes instantly. And on behalf of Al and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of CBO Speaks. This episode of CBO Speaks is brought to you by Kaufman Hall. Learn about their strategic and financial consulting services and Axiom software for budgeting and planning by visiting kaufmanhallcom forward slash higher education.